read this morning, if you want to go ahead and mark the book of Isaiah chapter 6, but let's turn over to the book of 1 John chapter 1 for just a moment. Again, uh, if you brought your Bibles and you want to turn with us, whether it's the one you brought or there's some in the pew there, uh, to the book of Isaiah chapter 6, and also uh, to the book of 1 John chapter uh, 1, we're going to turn and read there here uh, in just a moment. You see... As we are turning to those two places, I want to remind you that uh, one of the things that John is going to write about here in the book of 1 John is he wanted people to know that they had eternal life. That's in that fifth chapter. Uh, He wanted people to know that they had eternal life. So this morning, uh, we're going to talk about knowing about these things and knowing that a person has uh, eternal life and that that knowing where they're going to be when they leave this world should strengthen them in what they're going to do. Uh, This morning our title would be that of to break the silence. Breaking the silence this morning. You may be here this morning and you're just totally silent about the condition that your soul's in. Maybe you're silent about a situation or circumstance or maybe you're silent about something. I don't know what it is. But what we're going to see this morning in the book of Isaiah and also here in the book of 1 John is we got to break the silence. we got to break the silence and admit that there's a need in our life and there's one that can help us with our needs. In the book of 1 John chapter 1, I want to read to you in the ninth verse. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But that's not a... The end of that statement, there's a comma, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, God's going to purify us if we will confess our sins. Let's go back to the book of Isaiah for just a moment. And I want to read to you the book of Isaiah chapter 6. And I want to skip down to about the... Fifth verse. Then said I, woe is me. Explanation mark. You see, Isaiah is going to talk about the condition he's in. This morning when we talk about breaking the silence, let's stop and and admit something for a minute. It's easy for us to break the silence about the condition somebody else is in instead of the condition we're in. Breaking the silence means instead of looking at the sins of others, we have to look and say, woe is me. This morning, I'm not asking you what kind of condition that your family or your neighbor or your workforce, I'm asking you what kind of condition are you in? You got to break the silence and realize that there's a need. Listen to what Isaiah said. For woe is me. He said, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So when Isaiah begins to admit the condition he's in, listen to the sixth verse. Then flew one of the seraphim unto me. As soon as Isaiah admitted and he broke the silence on his sinfulness, God sent help. I remember a night, it's now been many years ago, but March comes another anniversary of that. I remember crying out to God and breaking the silence that I needed help. I don't know how many of you remember what happened to me, but 
I don't know, somewhere around the age of 12, I had tried to testify the fact that I was saved and I joined the church. But there was something I never told anybody. I left the water's edge that day and I was a member of the church, but something still deep down inside of me still was not right. I was silent about the fact that my soul had never been saved by the grace of God. But you know, there was a night on March the 18th, we were having a spring revival. I broke the silence. I said, woe is me. I knew that there was a lot of questions about what about this person that said that he was saved and a member of the church. I knew there would be a lot of uh, curiosity about what's going on. But you know, I didn't worry about everybody else. I said, woe is me and I need help. And you know, it wasn't long after God began to cry out to God. I don't know, it was around the 9 o'clock hour, I guess, that night. Not long after I had cried out to God, God sent me some help, folks. If you're in a stranded condition this morning, God does not want you to stay there. But you've got to cry out to Him. You have to say, woe is me, for He said, I am undone. You see, God will send you help. That's why we read to you there, 1 John, in the very first chapter, in the ninth verse, He says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you see, this is what I want to read to you for just a minute this morning. When God heard Isaiah, there was some action that took place. You see, a lot of people get confused or a lot of people don't really know what it's like to know that you're saved. Let me tell you this. When God does an action, you will know it. When God would do these miracles, it was an action that He did and the people knew it. Let me ask you this. Do you know that God is real because what He's done for somebody else or what He's done for you? You've got to break the silence that you need that miracle performed. For notice what happened. The judgment of God begins to happen. Notice what he said here. He says, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken, he said, from off the altar. You see, there was a time when, when, when the judgment of God was going to come. But notice what happened. He was, going to, he was going to cleanse sin and he was going to remove it. This is an action that God's Spirit does in the heart of a man. He said, he laid it upon my mouth. Touched his lips. And he said, Lo, this hath touched my lips. You know what I believe Isaiah realized is that when he got to a place, he said, Woe is me with an explanation mark. He broke the silence of the condition that he was in. He broke the silence about what, what needed to happen in his life. And he said, Woe is me. Now the people, we're going to talk about this in a minute. Sure, there were people all around Isaiah that were sinful too. But Isaiah was worried about one person. Folks, our world today needs to worry about one person, themselves. The scriptures teach us that we need to set our own house in order, which means we've got to take care of ourselves before we can help somebody else. The Bible says that we've got to get the beam out of our own eye before we can help somebody else uh, to get the dust out of theirs. We have to get our lives where they need to be. And you know what? We've got to break the silence. Break the silence that we're afraid to admit that there's wrong. We're afraid to admit that there's sin in our life. We have to break the silence as Isaiah did. And he says, woe is me, he said, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. But let's look what he says in the seventh verse. Thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged. I do not believe this morning that there was any doubt in Isaiah that God had touched him in his life. March the 18th, there's no doubt that God 
touched my soul. If you broke the silence this morning about there's no doubt to you that God touched you. You know, to some people they were touched in an altar. Sometimes we'll sing a song that says, glory, 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 somebody touched me. For you this morning, maybe you were touched in a church house. Maybe even more specifically, maybe you was touched right here in this church house. Thanks be unto God you're here this morning. But what if you're that person that you wasn't touched in this church house, it was in another church house. The Lord still touched you, did He not? What about to that person that maybe you're here this morning that they were touched, kneeled down by the tub in their bathroom or under their kitchen table or as they were driving down the road or as one saint used to talk about in the watermelon patch or some were saved while they were flying through the air. Aren't you glad today that no matter where you are that you can come to a place that you can know that God touched you? This morning my prayer is if you're here and you do not know that God has touched you that you'll break the silence. That you realize that you need a touch from the hand of the Lord. That you need that. And that's why Isaiah says, Woe unto me, for I am undone. Do you know what it means to be undone? I had to look the word up just to remind myself. It means to be destroyed. It means to be ruined. What happens when you destroy something? I don't mean break something. I mean destroy something. Ruined does not mean that it's dirty. You know, let's think about ruining a shirt. Ruining a shirt does not mean dirty, that it can be cleaned back to its original state. Ruined means you've done something that it cannot be restored back to its state. I'm going to be just brutally honest with you this morning. What Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden absolutely destroyed man. We can't, this is not Humpty Dumpty where we can put ourselves back together again like we were to begin with, folks. We were a broken, sinful man that only God can rescue us from the state we're in. You need to break the silence and realize you're not good enough. I had to break the silence that night that being a member of the church was not going to get me to heaven. I had to break the silence and realize that woe is me for I am undone. You see today, people have all these misconceptions, but the scripture teaches us very plainly that Isaiah got to that place, he says, Woe unto me, for I am undone. He was absolutely devastated. The very first time in my life that I was devastated, and I I guess it was even before that, but I sat in the very back of the church house, and I was in the ruins, and I couldn't get out. Remember what we read to you there in 1 John where it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You remember those ver- that verse we read to you? That night I sat back there and God showed me a brokenness that I had about me. And you know what? I thank God that it was a brokenness that He could fix. It wasn't something I could do. It wasn't something I could get out of. Let me tell you, I became, I'm going to say the master, I got pretty good to try to cover up a lot of wrong that I did in my life. But you know what? I couldn't hide my sinfulness before God. God, and we're going to see about some of these things in a minute, revealed it. And here he says that, uh, that he says, after he began to confess, he says, Woe unto me, for I am done. And that's what he goes on to say that uh, he says, I dwell in the midst of all of this wickedness. You know, this morning, how many of us can say that we are undone, which means we're devastated and we're ruined, and we need help? Jesus teaches us there in the book of Matthew, some very familiar scripture, fifth chapter, and even it's in the fourth verse. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Do you fall in that category this morning of those that are hurting and mourning, and you need to be comforted? 
You have to break the silence and say, you know what? There's a need that I have in my life. Notice what he goes on to say. He says, I am a man of unclean lips. What comes out of the mouth of man? Now, let's pause for just a minute. You may be quick this morning to say, well, preacher, what you say is really not as important as as what you do. But the words that come out of our mouth, where do they come from? Hold that thought for just a minute. Let's go back to the book of Matthew. Chapter 15. And I want to read to you one verse. In verse 11. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man. But that which cometh out of the mouth that defileth a man. We could spend a, a long time this morning giving you a warning. Be careful what you say. But the reality of that is does what you say truly reveal what's in your heart? Now, we got to be careful, folks. The tongue can be absolutely, brutally mean. We have to realize is that who we are, what comes out of our mouth. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus is talking about how that, that what's important is not what's going in, but it's about what's coming out because it truly reveals who you are. Do you believe this morning that what you say, I want to kind of say this a little bit different. Do you believe that people believe what they say? Maybe that's the question I should ask. And the reason I want to ponder that for just a moment, go back to the book of Exodus for just a minute in the ninth chapter. I want to look at some people that have said these words, I have sinned. I want you to be very careful this morning. For there are people out there today that will say, all you have to do is say, I have sinned. But you see, there's a lot deeper meaning than just saying things. It's about truly meaning what comes out of what you say. The book of Exodus, we read about a man by the name of Pharaoh. These plagues and all these terrible situations had befallen upon him. And notice what happens in the 23rd verse. So Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail. And fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. And there was hail. And fire mingled with hail. It was very grievous. Such as there was none lacking in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. In other words, they had never experienced a wrathful moment like they had experienced then. Folks, do not wait till the absolute worst circumstance in your life can befall upon you before you break the silence and say, I have sinned. Notice what Pharaoh and all that he did. He says, 25th verse says, And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. Only the land of Goshen and the children of Israel was there no hail. And listen to the 27th verse. And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I, my people, are wicked. 
I think it's easy, and I don't know if I should say that or not, but sometimes it's easier to say, break the silence saying, God, I need you when the absolute worst circumstances in your life have been falling upon you. But do you believe this morning that you can call upon God before you get in such a state? Absolutely do I believe in that. You see, this morning I believe that for all of us here, we've got to break the silence and say, I have sinned. That's exactly what we read here in the book of Isaiah. For he says, woe unto me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. You can turn on over, and if you want to turn it, you can, in the book of Numbers, in the 22nd chapter, and the 34th verse. We read about the name of Balaam, and how that he had this encounter with Balak there. And how that Balaam had got into that point where he began to confess in that 34th verse of the 22nd book of Numbers there. He said, I have sinned. But if you notice something about Balaam is he sinned and then went right about his business. In other words, there was no sincerity in that. He still just lip professed, I have sinned. Folks, one of my fears is, and I don't want to judge anybody here. But there's a lot of people that say I have sinned, but they don't truly see the need for themselves. Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Judas, turn back to the book of of Matthew chapter 27 and read down about the fourth verse there that we see that Judas had got to that point that, that, that all that had gone on in his betrayal of Jesus and he said these very words. He said, I have sinned. And then he took his own life. I believe that he got to a point that it was weighing heavy upon him. And he had to break the silence. This morning, is there anybody here today that needs to see that you have sinned? Job in the seventh chapter, I believe it is that that, that, that Job. And we know how humble that Job was. Job got to a point in his own life that he realized in all his humility, he said, Lord, I have sinned. I don't know, seventh chapter, maybe around the ninth verse, Job said, I have sinned. You see, there's a lot of people in the Bible that confess their sins. Some were sincere, some were not sincere. Read in the book of uh, uh, read in the New Testament, if you will, there in the book of Luke, chapter 15. We read about the prodigal child that had, had taken all of his inheritance. He went out and squandered it away, and he finally had to get to the point and he said, I have sinned. Is there anybody this morning that you need to break the silence that, that you sinned and you need to be saved? Maybe there's another circumstance in your life that you must confess, not before people, but before God, that there's a need in your life. For everybody that's ever healed of their brokenness had to admit that there was something broken to begin with. Folks, one of the hardest things we find in this life is admitting or acknowledging a need. Do you know why that's so hard? Because... That's called humility. What's the opposite of humility is pride. We get so easily ingrained in us that I can do this. I can handle this. I'm one tough cookie. I don't need any help in our life. But folks, I remember that night, there was a young man that sat in the back of the church house and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt I needed help. There was not a coach, there was not a parent, there was not a mentor that I could find in my life that was going to get me out of the situation I was in. I needed Jesus in my life. This morning, is there anybody here that that, that would be like the prodigal? Is there anybody here like Isaiah that says, For I am a man of unclean lips. 
What does it mean to have unclean lips? Well, in that 15th chapter of Matthew that we read to you, it talks about how that unclean lips are those things that come out of us. Unclean lips produces an unclean life. Now, unclean in the Old Testament, or excuse me, in the New Testament, or uh, back in the day before you and I were born, a lot of times these things were culturally decided. In other words, society dictated whether something was right or wrong. Here we are today. Our society tells us what we can say and what we cannot say. And I don't want to get into the fullness of that, but society will tell you the things that you cannot say and the things that you can't say. I want to tell you something today that is absolutely appropriate for you to say. I have sinned. Folks, it is appropriate today for you to get to a point, as Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone. I'm in the midst of people, he said there, in the midst of unclean lips. You see, Isaiah recognized the condition of the people. He knew that what they were doing was wrong. And he said, God, I don't want to be like them. I want to be like you. You can do one of two things today. You can go out in the world and you can try to be like the world. Or you can take God and the Spirit of God and you can strive to follow after Him. There's a battle that's going on. Not just a cartoon of a little angel on one shoulder and the devil on another, one whispering one way or another. But we're talking about a battle of your spirit and the flesh. And folks, they do war one against another. For many people that roam this earth today, they do not. They want to be silent that there is a battle that's there. Let me ask you this. I'm going to get real personal with you for a minute. Do you think there's any silent battles being fought today? I can assure you on a lot of jobs, there's silent battles being fought. In homes, in relationships, in, 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 in all kinds of places, there's silent battles that are being fought. Churches today, it's like the, it, I think we even call it the elephant in the room. It's almost like something that's obvious, but nothing's being said. It's obvious today that there's something that in your life that you need to break the silence on. How long are you going to go before you finally get to a place? As I say, it said, woe is me for I am undone. And he said, I dwell in the midst of unclean lips. You see, society will tell you that unclean lips and the unclean words that they say, the society tells you what's proper and what's not proper. I'm going to disagree with that. Folks, I believe God's Word tells us what's right and what's wrong, not society. You ever notice how that we're not lacking in interpretations uh, or translations of all these things of what you should and shouldn't do? If you don't believe me, just go look up the word commentary. Oh, there's hundreds and thousands of them out there. People have all these opinions and ideas. And you know what? Don't get me wrong. Commentaries are okay in their right place. But folks, nothing, I mean absolutely nothing, replaces the Word of God. Nothing today. Have you got to that point? Not that somebody else has to come along and look you in the eye and pat you on the back and say, You know what? You're a sinner. You've got something you need to break the silence on. There's people today that are hurting today over for, from addictions to, to troubles and trials in their life and they have to break the silence and realize that I have a need in my life and God, you're the only one that can help me, folks. you got to break the silence. And Isaiah got to that point. He says, For I dwell in the midst of unclean lips. Our society today tries to tell us what's proper, what's not proper, what's right and what's wrong, how long you can do it and how you can do it. 
Folks, today nothing can replace the Spirit of God and the Word of God in your life. We need the Word of God. We need the Spirit of God. And we need to get to that point where we realize that we dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. Notice what he said there. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Do you believe that God is light? And that we are in darkness? I want to confess something to you. Growing up at the ball field, sometimes when we wasn't playing, we would have our called street clothes, just shorts and a t-shirt. And there was a gully we got to go play in. Now there was the baseball field with, that was lit and there was this dark gully back down to the side. And sure enough, boys being boys, you know what I would do. I ripped my shorts, my shirts. I got nasty. I got stained. I would hang uh, briars and everything else. And as long as I stayed down that darkness, I never paid one bit of attention to how nasty I was. I can't tell you how many times I just knew when I got to the top of that hill and I got up in that ball field and that light, I told myself, boy, I'm in trouble. Because I was dirty. I'd gone to church many times in my life. Finally one day God's spirit just shined right down upon me. You know how a spotlight would right in the middle of the arena. Nobody else could see it. Oh but that light shined right down on me. And I saw my filthiness. Folks I was a member of the church. And I had tried to even do what was right. But all I could do was look at my filthiness. The closer you get to God, the more that you'll see our filthiness that we have. To all of you that are here today, I want you to know something. Do not compare yourself to other people in this world, for they're just sinners also. Compare yourself to Christ. He did not see it, and we realize, compared to Him, that we have a need in our life that I can say, woe is me. Yes, I am praying that God's light would shine down upon you and show you and illuminate all the darkness that we have in us. Folks, let me tell you, there's a lot of darkness in this world today, but I'm glad today that you know what? When I was afraid of the dark as a child, all it took was that little light coming on or the closet light. You see that light made me feel comfortable. You know what? When God saved my soul, folks, He took away the fear of a lot of things. You know why? Because I know that His presence is with me. I can see what's lurking in the corners. I can see when the light's on what's hiding under my bed and what wasn't hiding under the bed. We understood those things. Why? Because there was a light in our life. Folks, we live in a world where people want to be nocturnal. They want to stir in the darkness. They want to stir. We know when the mischievous and the evil happens, it's when things are dark and things are not illuminated. But I'm praying today that God will just light up this world with His presence and that God will use His people that we might let the lights of the Lord Jesus Christ shine forth, that people might get to a place and say, For mine eyes have seen the King. He said here, for my eyes have seen the king. The closer you get to him, the more you see your wrong and your evil and your sinfulness. But notice what happened is that the closer he got to the Lord, the more he saw that. And he says, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And all of, of the evil that goes on in this world today. Let me, tell you, let, me, let me back up and say this. There's a lot of evil all around us right now. And it's doing the very best that it can to destroy this. I want to turn back to a verse, if I can, in the book of Genesis, chapter 4, for just a minute. Folks, we need to defeat sin. How close is sin in your life? 
Genesis chapter 4. How many of you can relate to this? Genesis chapter 4 and in verse 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. You know what I think sometimes? Sin's lying at the door for every single one of us. It's like a jailer that's saying, you're not getting out of here. Has anybody here ever been, felt like you've been held captive by sin? You're not getting out of here. There's a jailer sitting right outside to set you free when God's calling you to him. And there's a jailer saying, you've got to stay in here. Folks, I want to tell you something I believe very deeply. You do not have to stay in sin. God can bring you out. Break the silence that you need to be. We talked about the Philippian jailer. I believe it was even last week. Here they were bound in the shackles and in jail. And then there was an earthquake that came and the doors opened up. The shackles turned them loose. And then they were, they were free. You see today, if there is something that's holding you captive this morning, you need to break the silence and say as Isaiah said here, for he said, for woe is me, for I am undone. You know sin's lying right there at the door, just like it was uh, when we're reading that account of Cain and Abel. Sin lies at the door for each and every one of us. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that there's sin lying at that door when you leave or this door when you leave. I'm talking about the door of your heart. There's sin that's right there. And if you'll just open up your heart to evil, guess what's going to let itself in? Sure enough, evil's waiting to come right in. There's things that'll come in your door even when you don't want them to. I remember this account, and I don't mean this in a funny way, but Kind of one of those uh-oh ways. A person had gone to their front door, and when they opened it up, sure enough, there was a skunk right there at their front door and ready to come in. So guess what the skunk did? Come right in the house. They walked right there to the back door, opened it up, the skunk walked right out the back. I say that because be careful when you open the door to your heart. For there's a lot of evil that's out there that wants to come in. But you've got to let Jesus in. You see, he can make his way to the front and push everything else aside. For your soul was meant for Him and Him only. Today, what else do we let in our souls? Oh, lots of things and lots of people enter in. But that soul is meant for His presence. Do you just open up your heart this morning and let Him in? Are you going to break the silence and say, Lord, I want you in? Are we going to get to that point, much as Isaiah said, For woe is me, for I am undone. Do you admit the need that you have for you in your life this morning? If there's no need for you, I think of this verse here in the book of Matthew chapter 9, and I believe it's about the 10th, 12th verse. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, and this is Jesus being, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. This morning, are you going to break the silence and realize that there's something that needs to be fixed? Maybe you're lost this morning. You need to get saved. You're going to have to break the silence. Maybe you're saved and there's another, another hurdle or another giant that you have in your life. Do you want to avoid the battle or do you want to take God with you into the battle? I don't know what you have in your life. But may we not be silent by asking God that we need help in our life. Because remember what we read to you there in the very beginning of 1 John chapter 1 and in verse 9. If... We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Folks, he can clean a path for you.
This morning, can you say much as Isaiah did? Woe is me, for I am undone. God bless you this morning is my prayer. My prayer is that his word would not go out and fall to death spot, but it would find a place in your lodging heart. Do you need to break the silence this morning? I want us to get a song if we could.